and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Holman. My guest this week is Angela Dorman. Now, Angela is probably best remembered for portraying Donna Chang on the Seinfeld episode The Chinese Woman. She talks about the experiences on the show, if Donna Chang really enjoyed people thinking that she was Chinese, her favorite line from the episode, her experiences with Larry David, and if there really was a real-life Donna Chang, she had roles on Star Trek Voyager, The Drew Carey Show, Nash Bridges. She got her start in Canada, and she worked as a VJ for Much Music in the early 90s, which was the Canadian version of MTV. We talk about that experiences. We just talk about life in general, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with her. So, Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we're pretty much, I guess, over this pandemic now. It's more like an endemic, you know, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. People just live with it. Same so old, same old. Yeah, exactly. So, what's like the last like three years been like for you? Uh, huge transitions. Um, at first, you know, I was one of those people, and I closeted it for the longest time. But I loved that pandemic. I was all over, like because I suffer from depression. And so there are bouts of who wants to go anywhere. Like I'm the only one who has this, like that's secretly going, yay, we can't socialize. (laughs) Right. Uh, So in a way it affirmed these instincts I have anyway of social isolation. Um, And and I, I never frankly got to the point where it was like, Oh, I have to go to a wedding now. Like I'm just jonesing for a huge event. Right. I, 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 you know, I love theater. So, the, you know, the basis of theater is a, a bunch of people getting together. But um, that was, I think that was the one thing once I went to live theater again that I was like, okay, I did miss this. Yeah. Um, I went through a divorce. Okay, uh, sorry to hear that. Find, no, it was, um, it was good. It was okay. very good. And uh, both my kids are now, off in college so lots of stuff in the last three years okay yeah my my oldest started college in the fall oh congrats yeah thanks and my youngest is in daycare so it's a big gap oh hey yeah um where did he go or she go he's he's in Ithaca right now nice in fact my oldest went to Syracuse for okay the first year so was he bombarded with all that snow no luckily they didn't get too much there and it's funny because like I went to college up in Buffalo so Mm, we all mm. know about the snow there Mm -hmm. and for the first semester I picked him up and we went to Buffalo to see a football game and that was like two weeks after they got like the 10 10 feet whatever they got and it was all but gone so it's it's amazing um, what they do up there. Plus, it's like you can go two two miles, three miles. It could be three inches. You go another four miles. It's five feet. It just it's so crazy how like the snow up there works. And it's, yeah, it's, it's I have amazing. a lot of respect for people who live up there. I really yeah, did. I yeah, I did it for I did it for a few years after I graduated. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I lived in Toronto for a long time. I know. I was going to get to that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. when we, the, the dollar was such that uh, it was more e- advantageous economically yeah. to go to Buffalo to go shopping. So right. people in Toronto are like, you're going shopping for clothes in Buffalo. Buffalo. I'm like, damn right I right. am. <laughs> that American dollar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah and like we did the reverse it was like the drinking age was 19 oh yeah so it's yeah, like yeah. we're gonna go up there right to worry about right. a fake idea or anything like that and then if you pass there. out you've got national health up there exactly so it's perfect yeah, you know <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so you know i was up in school in buffalo and you know we occasionally like i said we go to you know to niagara falls sometimes toronto mm-hmm. and much music was on oh boy a lot so if people don't know much music it's the canadian version of mtv it truly is right, and like but, a low, low budget version of uh, and, and live, all and live, live, yeah, like much more courageous right. and and masks off, yeah, version of MTV, right. So when I saw you on like guest starring on Seinfeld, I'm like, is that really? Because uh, I, I was like, is that really like Angela? I because I don't think they said your last name a lot on the show, right? On, right. on much music, so I'm like. 
And this was before the internet and like IMDb and stuff sure. like that. And it was bugging me the whole episode the first time. So some of the Seinfeld, you know, freaks, so I recorded all the episodes on VHS. So yeah. after that, I paused it. And sure enough, on the credits, I'm like, oh, shit, that's, you know. Ah. So, okay, so we'll start. How did you make your way up to Canada? You know, being from to grad I, school up there. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. Um, there was a guy I worked with, a, a director undergrad who started an MFA program okay. uh, in Toronto. And his first year of conservatory, he asked that I um, come up and, you know, it was a scholarship and everything right. else. And I'd heard wonderful things about Toronto. Yeah. I was living in New York City at the time. Okay. I had just graduated undergrad and um i i welcomed what you know it appeased my father who really was like are you kidding you know an acting career yeah. <laughs> and, and you know I, I it appeased him in that oh well at least you could teach you know if you with an mfa right it was a two-year mfa program um and in the states they're often three so okay. um i went up there and uh, got kicked out of school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went the first year. Right. Uh, and it was a conservatory. So at uh, they usually work where uh, they're trying to wean out people. Mm. It was only 12 people in the conservatory okay. for acting. And I, you know, I was getting good grades. I was shocked. I was getting good grades. Right. Every, you know, I was kind of killing it. Right. Mm. And, um, but I did, uh, I don't think I have oppositional defiance disorder. I really don't. You ask this guy, he might go, mm, I'd like a second. Opinion. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I found, I, I would go a, up against him a lot. Um, in retrospect, uh, it was terrible as an somebody who wants to be trained in acting mm -hmm. to then resist. Um, but I, and I've talked to a lot of people that have gone through that program. It was really misogynistic. It okay. was very, um, and I don't know if he was even conscious of it, but the men uh, were very empowered. You know, it, it depends on what roles you give them. You know, we give, we do the material you give us. Right. So if you give us material where we're going to be breaking down, crying yeah. and feeling weak, right. that's our job. Yeah. And it seemed and the other women um, in the conservatory, it seemed like there was a high proportion of us becoming weakened and uh, like super devastated, vulnerable, those scenarios. Yeah. And the men were given um, it, conversely and usually in a scene, you'll have, one, you know, polar opposites. Yeah. And I fought back against that. Um, and that wasn't. Uh, that wasn't gonna fly, uh, <laughs> right. and so uh, you know now I don't think it, he. I I think I would have had you know society behind me as far as mm. can I bring something up about the women always crying after acting class and um, uh, but back then it was like just please you know just cry yeah. Just, always be sad um, and never be strong. And I'm somebody who also, I was raised by a really strong feminist. She's okay. incredibly active in feminism. So I had this consciousness of, you know, yeah, there's a place for vulnerability right. and being shattered, um, but there's also a place for women to be strong. And where's that material? Yeah. So what did it like teach you then going forward? Like, getting into like the, you know, entertainment industry. Did it teach you anything? Uh, being kicked out? Yeah. Or not asked back. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it, you know how they'll say you get bit by the acting bug. Right. It is. It's a bite. It's like herpes. You <laughs> cannot get rid of that. Shit. Right. It is there forever. And so it taught me that I was totally bit you could do anything yeah. and i'm right. still gonna pursue it um so you know uh, it's kind of a funny story my father i you know when you uh you think you're doing well in school or you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't book a flight back home to see your uh very kind of strict father after a 
yearly end of year right. review if you weren't confident the review yeah. was going to go well. Exactly. So I was on a plane after being told this. Mm. And first of all, I'm an American. So I'm like, okay, my visa is to teach at this university. So now I can't work. Like, what yeah. am I going to do? I had a boyfriend right. in Toronto. So um, I, it, I was very confused. I was a chain smoker. Okay. And back when I was used to asking for a smoking seat and being just fine once that fasten seatbelt site came yeah. on, it was like, boom, light up. And they announced, I wish I could remember the the airlines, but they announced this was a non-smoking flight. Oh, okay. And you you could hear, like, we were all in the back, like, what? Yeah. what? <laughs> and uh, that's all they said, no smoking. So I had gone through this terrible, you know, I'm just ruminating on what, where am I going to live? You know, what am I going to do? Um, how am I going to tell my dad? How am I going to tell right. my dad? He's going to be right there when I get off the plane. And um, so I did what I did in high school when I smoked. I went to the bathroom and I lit up. <laughs> yeah. Now I got to tell you, they didn't announce, and perhaps it was people like me where they learned that they needed to announce that there were smoke yeah. alarms in the bathroom, but <laughs> they didn't tell anybody. Right. So I go to sit down, I smoke, I you know, light up a cigarette just to try, you know, it's the best thing yeah. for anxiety. And um, the alarm goes off and it's this, piercing right alarm and basically i terrified the entire plane <laughs> that there's a terribly yeah. something wrong the the flight attendant which we call stewardesses back then was uh, just bombastic it's like she just got off training on this yeah. and she, she was fully loaded with and she, it, it just was a terrifying incident and as shameful as hell um she, I opened the accordion door and she's just right in my face. She <laughs> goes, that's a thousand dollar fine. And the, the captain can land the plane yeah. and kick you off of this plane. And she was just screaming at me. And I'm just like, well, you know, what else can happen? Right. And I walk that slow, shameful walk down the aisle where people have just, you know, taken their heart medicine, yeah. hate me. <laughs> and I sit down and uh, this lovely, you know, back then she was an old lady, but she was probably about my age. Right. Patted me on the hand and said, your pants are undone. Oh. <laughs> I had sat down like every smoker did and, you know, yeah. multitasked. And back then they were like skinny jeans back then. Yeah. They stayed on, but right. I was completely belt flapping. Yeah. Had no idea. Oh, boy. Yeah. So. Then I had to tell my dad and my dad was almost like, great, now we can go to law school. Cool. You know, this is the best entree yeah. into law school. But no, that bug had bit me. So there. And uh, I, uh, what did I do? Oh, I went to Second City. Okay. And really, really fell in love with improv right. and writing. Um, I had been doing writing the whole time, but really considered myself an actor first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it landed me, you know, you know, they always say there's no mistakes, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. at the time you're like, you know what? Screw you. This is a mistake. Like I, my pants were undone. I don't have a life. Like, right. it, and then of course I'm thinking thousand dollar fine. Where am I going to get that? For it, right. Yeah. And so this fabulous captain that really looked like captain kangaroo, he was just <laughs> like the most beloved menchy grandpa type came over and he goes, we're not going to find you a thousand dollars. I was like, Oh, thank you. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that the answer to your question is I realized no matter what happened, I was going to pursue this. Right. Now, was this all after or before like much music? Oh, way before. Oh, okay. Well, I guess a couple years before. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it was through second city and I was temping that um, the much music gig really kind of came up. Okay. Now, what, what was like the audition like for that? It was more like an, uh, well, yeah, there was an audition. First, it was meeting directors and producers. Yeah. And then they gave me, um, and I had a wonderful, he's actually, he sadly just passed away, but it was a very funny comedian named Alan Park. 
Um, and he, he was in the, um, he, he thankfully, uh, made a name for himself as, cause he deserved it. He was my boyfriend at the time and he helped me enormously. One, he was a musician and right. he had that whole vernacular, which was my major weak point. Mm-hmm. Um, improvising and saying, you know, things off. And I love research. So researching for interviews, I love, yeah. um, but he really helped me that with that audition. It was just really rolling and them telling me you're going to introduce this video. You're going to, you know, uh, basically what I did. Okay. Uh, Cause they do, it truly was um, they'll give you enough rope to hang yourself as much music. Cause it's not structured. Right. Now, like on YouTube and stuff, you know, there, there are some clips and one, it's gotta be the high point of your career is oh. you probably know where I'm going here is interviewing vanilla, vanilla ice. Oh, vanilla ice. Oh yeah, what a highlight! Yeah, yeah. I mean, whose highlight wouldn't it be if they met? Right. Him? Yeah, and then Son, everyone just like yeah, yeah. Go, go check out the clip; it's it's hysterical. Did you actually read his book? I did. I remember oh, reading it the night before and highlighting it. <laughs> and uh, but I had, you know, I was young and of course, yeah, hubris. And I think prior to that, remember D Light Groove is in the oh home? yeah, of course, yeah. So I was at some uh, freelance gig where I announced a band. I think it was in Buffalo. And this guy's backstage. He's like a guitarist. He goes, you know, the, uh, uh, what are you doing this week? I'm like, oh, I'm interviewing Delight. Oh, you know, that guy I grew up with, that Russian guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in Russia? Yeah. Oh, he's not Russian. <laughs> and I'm like, interesting. Yeah. And so then, it, you know, these interviews are live, so right. you, they can't escape you. Yeah. And I sort of, their whole gig was, look at, you know, we're like the Benetton, uh, we're so international, yeah. Japanese. Right. And, and I said something like, so I met so-and-so and he, you know, you guys were at each other's bar mitzvah. What's the deal? <laughs> and he's like, oh, and he starts speaking Russian. Russian. And I'm like, Komatali boo doesn't make me French. Right. And then I'm on this hubris role of like, I'm going to reveal. Yeah. I'm going to be the, you know, whatever. I'm right. a BJ. Yeah. Uh, so I was on that kick already with Vanilla. Okay prior to vanilla ice yeah. i remember staying up and reading that book and highlighting and thinking this guy did not write this yeah no because i that was like your first question is like do you you know did you actually write this book you know i love it like, no yeah. way yeah yeah it, it, was, it was funny it, it was it was really good i was also very pissed at him because he was very late oh, i'm sure he was yeah <laughs> very late yeah. and uh you know we have lives yeah of course you know i mean but no, that was that was a really funny interview. But was there anyone like you interviewed who was just like a total like douchebag? Mm. I think our minds try to uh, expunge the douchebags, right? <laughs> just to go on with our lives. I, I wouldn't say he was a douchebag. I think this is very clever and funny. And if I had to be interviewed all the time, it probably would be uh, enjoyable. Um, Bob Geldof. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I was like a, a last somebody got sick. I don't remember any like build up to the Bob Geldof interview because I often would do tons of research. Right. I may have been just thrown in there that day, but I I remember sitting down. He was already there, lit, et cetera. And he had a and this is all during the height of um Bob Geldof. Yeah. And he had a jacket and inside of it he I, this is prior to the cameras rolling. He pressed a button and be like, motherfucker, cunt, <laughs> jerk, you know, and, and like yeah. just FCC right. will, will shut us downwards. Yeah, yeah. It may have been even called that, like the want to shut down the FCC device. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, you cannot like get yeah. your hand out. No, no, you won't <laughs> need that. He's like one right. wrong move. And I'm going to hit this button. And I'm like, okay. Like in yeah, a way yeah. it, it had, it was like the taser of politeness right? for that interview. I wouldn't say that's a douchebag move. I would, in this way, I kind of admire his um, yeah. taking the power. Right. Yeah. Like he said, I'm sure he's been interviewed a ton of times. That yeah. Was like, like live aid and everything like that. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, how long were you there for? I was there less than a year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
11 months. And I, I remain incredibly grateful for that opportunity. Yeah. Huge. Uh, Dennis Saunders was the main director and he had, he put a lot of faith in me and uh, just a really creative, uh, hardworking, beautiful opportunity. Right. Was there ever like, you guys ever hear feedback from MTV or anything like that? Or is I don't know. America doesn't know give a shit about right. Canada. It's like, <laughs> you know, who? You know, yeah. oh, yeah, there's, I, I didn't, maybe administratively, but right. no, no. Um, you mean as far as being recruited by them? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I was that good. Oh. Thank you. Oh, sure. Um, I, I was not a journalist. I didn't know right. music very well at all. Yeah. At one point, like you could do a reel on just the, just the terrible bloopers. Here it is. It's music television. Yeah. I'm saying th things like Pink Floyd. He's a nice guy. It's like Pink Floyd is a band. Man, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's like I yeah. had no business. Right. Uh, I, and what happened was I left because there was a writer's comedy writers for created a sh television show for CBC okay. and they had already finished their first season. And for their second season, they pitched this new character named Angela, um, which they had written for me and I hadn't met them yet, but okay. they met me and, and gave me the script. And I was like, I, I mean, I knew all along I was using this to springboard towards what I wanted to do and right. what I had been doing. Yeah. Acting. So that's what I did. Okay. So, so after that role, is that when you kind of made it down to the States? After that role, um, the, the, sadly, the series was canceled, I don't know, after two or three years. And then, uh, yeah, I went to L.A. Okay. Yeah. So how many, like, auditions did you have to go on before you actually landed a role? Countless. It was awful. Mm -hmm. Well, when I got to L.A., I, I had really, uh, I had a great reel. Toronto is a fantastic yeah. town to right. to get your start in because it's a smaller back then Vancouver wasn't as prominent in the business and it was a smaller market where you could dabble in everything you didn't you could do voiceover you could do TV because the mm. market was smaller and your agent had contacts in all of those pies and then you accumulated a really decent professionally shot reel okay. to take to the States rather than, I mean, I guess people can do that in Atlanta and Chicago now, as far as um, going to LA or New York with a great reel. Um, but uh, it was really, you know, it's the whole, it's so true. It's who, you know, and it's also, and to that end, it's not, Oh, I know you know, Steven Spielberg, it's just the relationships that are brought the opportunities for relationships. Right. Now in LA, this is really antithetical. Um, but I don't care what you do. If you interest me and there's a connection, I'm going to respect and care about you. And I thankfully had a lot of wonderful people come into my life that um, supported what I wanted and mm -hmm. introduced me to people. Um, and I happened to have the right material to show them when they wanted to see. Yeah. Um, so it really was who I knew, but I don't want to say I knew Steven Spielberg or I was related to anybody. It was just friendships. A lot of really wonderful people helped me. Okay. And also not like burning bridges with anybody too. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> those bridges are, you know, going, you know, it's like the douchebags. I'm, I don't yeah. remember all the bridges. I'm sure there, right. there were some, um, you know, if burning bridges is not keeping in touch with people, I, yeah. I torch bridges all the time. Right. Okay. So I'm not a real good networker that way. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Do you network really well? Are you a keep in uh, touch? You know, I mean, social media now makes it easier. To, mm -hmm. you know to do it so mm -hmm. you, know, you kind of like you know like a post and oh, you check in with somebody there yeah so it, it kind of makes it easier but it's like i have a small group of friends yeah you know? and that's how, how i kind of like it you that's know good yeah you know so plus you know kids and stuff they, well daycare man you got your hands full daycare i'm we're gonna he has one more year we're gonna throw a party for him not because <laughs> he graduated just because we don't have to pay anymore 
You know, oh my God. It's, it's interesting. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You wow. Know? Now are you going to have full day kindergarten offered to you? Yeah. Yeah. Good, Thank, good. Thankfully. Yeah. Cause yes. when my, when my oldest started way back when it, they were still like in the process of, you know, workshopping like a full day thing and stuff like that. Mm. So we had to, we had to pay for like three kindergarten care. And then when he had a kindergarten, oh my post, God. it just never stops. You know? I know. Yeah. I know. Like, why can't you leave a bowl out with some food and like have him, you know, deal with it there like, like a pet, you know, and then hope for the best. But, you know, it doesn't right. work that way, you know, because child services will come on your ass quickly. <laughs> so Yahoo doesn't set you up with free drop your kid off and work here and play ping pong and they have, have the you know they, they have programs but nothing yeah. worth okay. you know schlepping because i was in connecticut so it's like okay action. yeah, yeah. You know, that would to suck the city you and, yeah. with your toddler forget it yeah exactly so i have to oh. handle it you know? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly but it's it's amazing the price of tuition now Mm. in the daycare college it's you're paying from both ends and it's it's ridiculous so oh yeah yeah so i'm just telling i'm that wrong story of my life story well i got two in college now so yeah we we want me a river yeah we wanted to space it out so we had my uh, middle uh my only daughter's in the middle child she's 13 so we wanted to spread it out where then won't be in college at the same time. So that's good. Oldest is a moron, which he's not. So he'll graduate, you know, four years. And my daughter's not a genius, so she won't accelerate. So it's perfect. And then we don't have to worry about (laughs) my youngest. And, you know, so it's, it's good. So we're just going to, anything that can get him a scholarship. He wants to be a male cheerleader. I'm for. Oh yeah. Mascot. Anything. Exactly. Right. I know. I know. Scholarship. I'm for. So I am too. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So I I cry every time uh, I get like text from. Can you give me some money? Can you can you give me this? Can you uh-huh. give me this? And now it's like it's so much easier. Can you just Venmo me money or put it in my account? Whereas when I was in school, you had to go to the bank. My mother would mail me a check. It was a thing. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Right. And then I don't want to just sound like we're old yelling at like clouds in the sky, but kids don't appreciate like cash anymore. They don't understand like the the value of a dollar because everything you can do apple pay you can just pay from your phone this mm-hmm. and that so they just think it's like you know points well, in the video say, game stuff. wouldn't you say the advent of checks which i don't know when that was yeah um uh, that the older generation that did not have checks right said the same thing this is just Probably. a paper yeah. it says a thousand dollars you have no you're like if yeah. you have 10 100s in your hand right that's the magnitude yeah. of cash right so i think we're always going to have some something property. yeah I'm sure yeah but mm-hmm. uh yeah you're right and and then the whole atm like i, I don't know yeah. for the same i'm going to be 58 this year okay. and atms were a new i remember where atms yeah. being super new right but my mom having to cash a check at the grocery store to get cash yeah i remember yeah. that too with my mom yeah I'm a little bit younger, but yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's always something to, you know, stress about in life. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, so last night, um, Seinfeld's on twice, twice a night at, um, on uh, Channel 11 in, in New York, in the Tri-State area. No joke, your episode was on. At oh, you're kidding last me. Night. So it was like timed perfectly. Wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, I already watched it anyway, you know, earlier in the week, but I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, besides just Seinfeld and all the other shows you've been on, can you watch yourself when like one of your programs pops on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I find my, I'm. it's hard to watch myself. The, the sooner it is to me having shot it. Okay. The more difficult it is for me right. to watch it, right? Unless it's rushes and rushes, I'm watching. It's like I've got a different hat on. Yeah. Um. But uh, the further away it is, uh, I would say for myself personally, it's not difficult to watch. But which is not the same as enjoying it. Um. But with other people, uh, okay. that's when I get very, very self-conscious, even right. bringing it up. Like if, if I had an office job and I walked into the office and people were like, oh, your episode was on. Yeah. There's this, uh, right. because the vision, any, take any visual, especially if you were looking hot 25, 30 years ago, right. that implanted in you. And now look <laughs> at me now, 
you know, at the oh, water stop. cooler <laughs> with, the, with the sun shining in and the two right. older, you know, there's bound to be a before and after comparison. As humans, we do that, you know, and so that's when I get self-conscious is, oh, you saw me when I, you know, looked right. this way and now I yeah. look that way. And I try not to let that get too much in my head, but it happens. Yeah. Right. Now, if someone comes up to you, what's like the one thing? Like, what Seinfeld do they say? Like Don and Chang? Is it the ridiculous Miss Chang scene? Like, yeah. well, like, is it all of the above? Like, which one is the most popular? I, one? I find uh, the one I like the most. I don't yeah. know if it's the most prevalent. I don't think it is. Is Changsteen? It okay. used to be Changsteen, right? Because to me, that was just it's hilarious. Great. It's a joke that yeah. you don't maybe get the first time, and it's right. and, and his take like yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because they could not decide on uh, who to cast for that. Okay. And they cast it really late. Like they were already rehearsing that episode right. and still with the callbacks, like, Ugh, okay. I got to shut there one more time. Yeah. And I remember seeing the woman who I was up against. It may have been me and just her or another actor that I didn't see. And she could have been a Changsteen. It could have been <laughs> right. Uh, she was beautiful woman, very different looking than me. And I wondered if uh, I got it only because the joke worked with it, it yeah. used to be Changsteen. Right. You know, that also is n- dissonant. Um, so the one I like the most is that. But yeah. I think and then, you know, the whole ridiculous that's borderline racist now, okay. or if not in the field right. of racism. And I think younger people, if they're when they're fans, they don't jump on that as much. Uh, but when we did it, when we shot it, uh, Jerry said that's the longest he's ever had to hold okay. her laps. Right. But it, that wasn't my doing. That was one, the writing, and yeah. two, he His milked reaction. that. Yeah. He milked Absolutely. It and milked it and milked it and the cow was dry and said the line and i i really if you know if you're going to watch study it for comic timing yeah ridiculous is is worthwhile to look at just for his time yeah and that was a one take thing with him i think so yeah 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 right Uh, that's awesome now you had like one of like the rare occurrences of being like uh jerry's girlfriend who interacted with george's parents I love that I got to do yeah, that. Yeah, you know, Jerry Still and Estelle Harris, who make the oh, show. I mean, they're, oh my they're God. so awesome, and they're great. Every episode I know. they're in. But, like, how is it working with them, like, on, on set, oh. behind the scenes and stuff like that? Well, Estelle's adorable and wonderful and loving and, right. you know, would fix you a casserole if you said you were hungry <laughs> kind of lady. Right. And the, the funny thing about her is I saw her at an audition maybe a few weeks after we shot and it was a voiceover audition and i would i tended to not wear makeup if i didn't have to okay so i walked in there and she's like oh hi and she whispered she like leans in she goes little mascara just a little mascara (laughs) like oh my god estelle you know so you're that comfortable with me but uh Truly, Jerry Stiller is a genius if, yeah. and watch just the let alone working with him, which I didn't, you know, it was sort of ensemble situation. Right. But watching him work, just watching him, that diner scene uh, where he's talking to George, like the man with the cape. Yeah, I would see him rehearsing by himself in the on the empty set of the diner. And he was working on that fly catching oh, yeah. fly in the air. <laughs> right. And to me, that was the greatest privilege was to watch him in his own space working and going through that scene. Uh, That was that was an incredible privilege. That is a highlight of my career is to watch somebody like that. Yeah. No, just like when he yells in the the diner, he's like, how can Jerry not say hello? Oh, my God. The way he just, you know gets louder and louder each time it's 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 he's amazing yeah and it is truly an actor at work you know this man is not he's i'm sure improvisationally of course yeah this is him completely embodying the scene and thinking of 
I call it circling the wagons. What else could bother? If I need to be irritated in this scene, what could I also give myself? Right. A, a fly that I can't catch. Yeah. Now that is genius in my opinion. Yeah. And a very, uh, somebody who's working on the scene. Right. Now there's one scene where you kind of come into like, you basically run into Jerry's apartment. It's like, you kind of like out of breath. And that's when he's uh-huh, like, oh, uh-huh. scene. and he lives on the fifth floor and everyone like, when he gets buzzed in, Three seconds later, I know it's TV. Know, you're not going to wait. But like right. with you, you're coming in, like you actually ran up the stairs and kind of. Yeah, yeah. What was that like something you did, you know, personally or was so. that written for you? I think so. Okay. But that's kind of my shtick too, is I'm yeah. always trying to have, and I maybe have been a great teacher and told me this or something, but what has happened before I entered? What happened yeah. at the end of the door? And the more I can make that, whatever choice that would be, enhance the scene we need to perform right. you know if am i to be annoyed by somebody when uh i come in well then have me looking through my purse missing right. something and then the door opens yeah um i i don't remember exactly but it, that sounds like something i did <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah now the character really th- like people thinking that she was chinese right yeah you know i think it's based on a real person Okay, that's what most of the stuff is. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like co- as co- truth and comedy. Yeah. I my kids played baseball, and I was uh, in the bleachers as you do, interminably. And yeah. this woman was talking to me, whose son was also on the team, and she said, "You know, I worked with the Donna Chang because uh, Larry David was camping okay. there or something, right? And we would all be like, you know, she's not Chinese, I mean- but she's like." china phobic or china centric yeah and um i thought well that's really interesting there was this lady who yeah. um so i love that i love that she's a real lady right and, and I, i've had people like who guest are on the show and they tell me their story their interactions with larry david who was actually mm-hmm. in that episode did you have any like interactions with him? not really um i i was much more nervous uh, I guess with Jerry than Larry David, but if Curb Your Enthusiasm had been on, yeah, I, you know, I I really like how he. I, I think he. I love how he writes. Right. I love it, mm-hmm. and uh, I just think he's talk about the best at tying stuff together. Every yeah. knot is tied, and he's creating all these strings that we don't even know. And yeah. then in the end, we've got this beautiful present in 20 minutes that he writes these things. So at the audition, in retrospect, now that I know who he is through Curb Your Enthusiasm, I had this comeback that I sat on. Okay. And I I wish I hadn't. And it was, you know, like the third callback. It was crazy. And when we were in a small room, he literally was five feet from me on a couch. And I'm doing this scene again. Uh, and I think the first thing I say when I come in is, uh, he says, thanks for coming in again. I'm sorry. We're having to call you. And I will, thanks for having me. And there was this moment and he looked down and I saw in his face, yeah. he's taking that, like he's thinking sexually, he's Beavis and right. butt-heading that. <laughs> thanks for having me. And he yeah. kind of looks. And th- so now I probably would have been like, which you will never have. I'm yeah. not talking biblically, right, Harry? No matter, you know, I don't want the part that much. <laughs> and uh, but at the time, I saw that I was going to jump on it, and I thought, no, 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 mm. just get the job and don't do that. Just yeah, get the job. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, that is my one interaction with Larry David. Uh, that, um, yeah, I, and so I never really got the chance to tell him how, how esteemed he is. Yeah. Right. Because like with your background, you know, improv, it would have been perfect on that show. Oh, like starring God. role or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please. You should be an agent. Yeah. OK, I'll, I'll take five percent and yeah. not not a lot. It's fine. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> Got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah. 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 But you also um, just started on, on uh, Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. And you probably yeah. were lucky enough where you didn't have to sit hours and being in a makeup being an alien so and but you weren't a real person you were a hologram that's right but you know that doesn't really matter you still act the part you're still fine. i really but, lucked yeah, out that way yeah exactly so was that how was that experience like 
Um, I loved that there was, I, see, I'm not a Trekkie and I'm not, uh, sci-fi isn't my thing. So, right. which is kind of good when you're going into those environments. So you don't yeah. have this pedestal. Oh right. my God. Uh, I don't know the world as much. Um, and so uh, I didn't really realize how impactful those shows were until I was on. And right. with Seinfeld too. Yeah. I, you know, you're you're so busy or you're so poor or you're so young. You're not watching TV on the right. regular. Like yeah. it's Thursday, let's sit down. And right. um, so a lot of it has been retrospectively that mm -hmm. I see the impact of the shows that I was lucky enough yeah. to be on. Uh, I loved watching. Um, I loved watching the makeup. Like the makeup is a character in itself. Yeah, right. You're sitting in that trailer and just the tedium and the exactitude. Yeah. It's, it's an art form. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I guess watching is a lot better than being in the chair. Oh God. Yeah. Yes. You know? Because yes. you sit the whole time, you watch for a little bit. and Yeah, but <laughs> I was in this skin tight. This is pre-Spanx. Right. Skin tight, just spray it on you, yeah. costume. It was, but yeah, I'd rather have that than the, you know, a million Q-tips sticking out of my face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you still like teaching now still? I'm starting to teach. Uh, I teach improv comedy. Um, and my favorite, uh, besides professionals, my favorite demographic to mm -hmm. teach is that age right before you get your license, where okay. you're like stuck, like where you have to do this because right. mom and dad can pick me up at drop time. you off. And you got an so hour. I'm starting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm starting to do one of those. And it's also a really ripe time in our development where before we get the car and feel like we have our identity set, which yep. is a joke. Uh, we are still kind of open to different perspectives and POVs. We haven't said, well, I'm this kind of guy. Right. Um, and so that makes for a really good improv class, actually. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I took one when I was a kid, like a, you know, a long time ago. It was, yeah? it was, it was, it was fun. Well, yeah. you can it interview, camp, so you yeah. improvise. Oh, some of the greatest teachers have taught at camp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. B'nai B'rith go. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> but, uh, great. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've done almost 300 of them, and I still don't feel I got any better <laughs> since I started. <laughs> I bet it depends. You... It, it depends on, like, who you interview. Because if you have a good rapport, it makes it go a lot quicker. Well, you know, yeah. from interviewing yeah. you know, people, you know. You know yeah. I, and I, it's I... hard. I would interview people that were living and breathing in front of me. You're having to make that connection with two dimensions. Yeah. I mean, I, I've interviewed some people in person. I mean, it's a lot harder, you know, because location and whatnot. I mean, right, I've been right. plus, you know, hey, you want to come to my office? You know, I had somebody come to my house once. So it was good. You know, I came to their house once. So it was, you know, but this communication is a lot easier, you know, yeah. rather than when I first started, it was all like telephone calls. Oh. You know, but, you know, thankfully for technology, it's a lot better to see somebody rather than just do like a phone interview. Yeah. It's more personable, I feel. That's and, true. And yeah. I feel like we, I listen better when I'm, if somebody yeah. has seen me listen to you, right. if we were on the phone, I might be folding clothes right now. Exactly. Like, get right. this like, okay, I can do yeah. this too. And right. so I'm a better listener. Yeah. It's it's more engaging because I can see like, I'm not like, while talking to you, looking at my phone mm -hmm. and that, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, I'm playing off you and vice versa. So it's. It's a lot. Yeah, and you're a Jets fan. Unfortunately. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not a Bills fan. Oh, God, no. God. Oh, the Bills. To me, that's a diehard football fan. Um, yeah. Yes and no. Okay, funny no? story. So my freshman year was the year that they lost the Super Bowl for the fourth straight time. Mm. So I went home that weekend. I think I had a bar mitzvah or something, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then watched the game at home. So I flew back the morning after the Super Bowl. All the classes were canceled. I'm like, okay. The reason was there was a water main break on campus. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, let's go investigate. Since I have no class, I got nothing to do now. Uh -huh. Nothing. You know, I even come to the point where I asked, like, you know, security guards. Like, is there oh, that's 
you know, it was my own investigative and, you know, journalism. Yeah. So I'm like, no, this is bullshit. You know, so just like, uh, I'll take a free, you know, a free, you know, sure. Off sure. Day. And, but yeah. But I always tell my, my oldest son, the Jets will win the Super Bowl the year after I die. So, oh. yeah. So when they're in the Super Bowl, just go to my, you know, tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. Have some snacks, set up the radio or TV there. Right. Have the, the memorial. Game. Yeah. Just don't yeah. sound me, you know, but and just, just have some fun, you know. <laughs> I'm resigned to that fact. So yeah, my grandma was the same way with the Cubs winning the series, which oh, it yeah. happened that it way. It did happen, yeah. We wanted them to come through before she died, and they never did. Right. And the funny thing, that game, it was like game seven. Wasn't it like a power out? There was something that happened during that game. I remember well, that the guy the, the poor fellow who reached for was oh, that the same? Barman. No, different yeah. Oh my yeah, god, what a story. Too. Yeah, poor kid. Talk about scapegoats. You know, yeah. it's like Cubs always need a scapegoat. But right. uh no, I don't I you know, I'm not that okay. Uh, there was something that game because it was they played really? the Indians who the Indians also have haven't won in like decades as well. And I forgot what it was. It was like some issue the power went out or it was the the lay i can't remember now but with them with the cubs under lights it, it, it was it was something like it was the weather delay or the lights went out where they had it okay. like the game for a little bit and it's like well neither one of these teams are going to win the world series because they can't have, god won't let them or whatever it was right you know? right right it, oh, it was something god. like that so but funny yeah. yeah it's so funny how we are with sports i i totally. my son's a uh aspiring sports broadcaster oh, okay well and right school for that yeah yeah and he's very good and oh, good. uh he it's just so obvious that every sports is just a filter for us to talk about stuff yeah. you know it is it's a filter that brings up topics that we would not bring up otherwise whether right. it's pedophilia university of or penn state or yeah uh somebody you know what's more important going on with the game or a guy just mm. almost lost his life you know That's all true. of these and so in a way i love it for that right it brings up things taboo issues uh and this cross section of humans it's not well you in you're just this zip code is interested yeah sort of thing and i love that too about sports right. and it's, it's true improv nobody know well unless it's yeah thrown right exactly nobody knows how it's gonna end yeah and it's like the one thing where it brings together whether what side of politics you're on religion exactly it just brings you know people together more of that sure do we really do (laughs) yeah Uh, absolutely tolerance yeah yeah it's getting worse now it's i think so um you know i said i was in tennessee so there's often just down the road there's a sign that says pelosi for prison on their on their lawn yeah and you know what god love america no one's gonna knock on their door and put them away for expressing how they feel yeah uh there's this uh you know when you come here from new york city what a difference oh totally just being able to tolerate each other Uh, there is just this assumption and maybe it's just the people I hang with that <laughs> everyone's going to have the same opinion on this issue. Right. And if they don't have the same opinion on this issue, what yep. is wrong with them? Where are they from? Like we're going to judge or, and here it's, it's, there's much more of an assumption as there should be that people are going to have different opinions. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be what they present with first because they don't want to alienate anybody. Um, and I, I find it actually a safer place because of that level of tolerance that isn't really there, uh, as much in the Northeast, at least, you know, in New York city, as far as they voted for this person, you know, I I'm, I'm a, freaking socialist commie i'm so liberal it's like off the charts yeah. uh, with but i also feel like the reason this country is strong is that there can be somebody who has the polar opposite opinion of me right and that that they they're allowed you know they're human beings it's yeah. not to be dismissed or canceled um anyway you don't get me started on no, that oh, and i'm above her uh, can you hear that no headphones okay. i'm above her uh, garage 
so the automatic garage door oh, just, just opened. Oh, it's funny. Just ruined. Oh, no, you're fine. All right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I can have different opinions from you, you know, vice versa, but just respect them. You can have a conversation about them. And then if you don't agree with them, you don't agree with them. That's totally right. But have a conversation. Don't have an argument. That, that's yeah. where we are yeah. in day and age now. Everything is like arguments, you know, not even debates. It's more like you're wrong. My view is right. You know, you saw yeah. really black and white divisive. Yeah. Um, and also people who need to know where you stand before we start talking. Of course. Like, well, as you know, and that's on both sides. I've confirmed. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had that. I I did this improv thing at a senior center here and the woman uh, she reminded me of New Yorkers in that she had moved here from Oregon because it was getting too liberal in Oregon. Okay. And so she, and and so she says, "Well, you know." And there was this assumption like we're all on the same team and we hate them and I don't like that either. Yeah. This, like uh us them feeling. Yeah. Like my biggest thing is don't be an asshole. That that's what yeah, I subscribe to. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. You know, I love every religion. Everyone's great, but they're assholes in every religion. Oh God. You know, gender, whatever, you know, ages. But just don't be an asshole. Just be nice to people. I know that yes. sounds so simplistic, but it's true. It's know? so true. Yeah. Sometimes it's harder than others. Oh, it when is. you are confronted with an asshole, it's hard not to match that. Oh, true. Uh, <laughs> true. And that's probably the biggest challenge is I'm not, even when I'm dealing with an asshole, I'm not going to ingest that and then become an asshole in my next interaction. Right. Uh, uh, but it, it's interesting, like when you said every religion, yeah. Christianity was just a little offshoot of judaism it was just right. like oh they're they got the conference room today those you know that christian you know <laughs> right. and these people here and it was a tough sell because you had to be circumcised so yeah. they couldn't get anybody to convert it's like yeah i love what you're saying that what yeah. what i can't have this on yeah. friday i i you right. want to do what to Excuse what me, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what i'm gonna come to the meetings i love the free food but uh that's where i draw yeah, the line. <laughs> maybe the wife will convert maybe the wife will convert exactly so we're all one you yeah. know it's yeah I, I don't get it but you know i don't get paid to <laughs> so but I, I angela this was fantastic i really appreciate your, your time today thank you so much Thank you. Wonderful to talk to you and meet you.